Okay, so today I'm super excited to welcome Arvind Kamsa to the podcast. What he's going to be telling, talking with us uh, today about is his business where he works with NFT marketing. So what we're going to talk about is the basics of NFTs, how they work, what they are, and try to explain from the ground level up what the interest level is and why this has been such a huge developing market over the past few years. Uh, we'll also just talk about uh, a number of other things in that area as we go along, so we'll kind of f explore this as we go. Um, before we get too far into it, though, I just wanted to lay the groundwork by getting to talk with Arvin a little bit, talk about his background and his experience, and then we'll get into the rest of uh, the information for today. So, Arvin, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So let's just start off with getting into your, your history, kind of where how you got into the NFT space in the first place and, and uh, what you actually do today, we'll kind of develop into. Yeah. So what the reason NFT actually made a lot of sense to me was because when I was a kid, I was actually, um, so there were these like soccer cards um, and with my friends, we would play and then whoever would win, like there were different games we, we just made up and whoever would win, we would get like cards with better stats. Um, and now if for those of us like who know like what um, NFTs are, then rarities of NFTs, that was pretty much the same concept where an NFT with, that is more rare or has characteristics that are better than other ones or um, more scarce maybe, they have better value. You pay more to actually buy those NFTs. And I guess maybe um, just maybe it's a good time to just like talk about what NFTs are for those people who don't know what NFTs are. So NFTs just stands for non-fungible token. Um, and essentially uh, it means a token that you cannot replicate. Um, so there's only one version of it. Um, so non-fungible means not replicate, uh, something you cannot replicate and then just it's a token. Now, token also on its own. So people who don't know what tokens are, um, the this, that has different meanings. People also in the web in the web three space they use different names for different things. Sometimes not quite correctly, but um, a lot of times um, it's used like token is used interchangeably with cryptocurrencies, except like besides essentially um, Ethereum and uh, Bitcoins. Just because Ethereum and Bitcoins they are their own thing. Even, even like when it comes to cryptocurrency, sometimes people say like Bitcoins is not a cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is its own thing. It's just because it was the first one. Um, and um, just because of all the uh, features and characteristics it has, that's different. But anyways, so I just thought like I give uh, some some insight into like what those things are. So it's not like completely um, new to people, but also just understanding NFTs. If someone wants to just outside like the, the, you know, the, the names and what that means. It's, it's really, if you want to think about it, it could be just like a moment of time. It could be an image. It could be a video. It could be an audio. Any form um, of, uh, I guess, the, the, the things I just mentioned that is um, submitted on the blockchain. It lives on the blockchain. And it's, uh, it's created by someone. Um, and, and then you cannot really have another version of it. There's only one version of it. Um, and just, just kind of for... Um, com like in comparison, if you think about like, let's say, let's say if you have like Eiffel Tower um, as an example, so you can pretty much create another Eiffel Tower, but you like even same size, even maybe same uh, materials, but it won't be Eiffel Tower anymore. Just Eiffel Tower is Eiffel Tower, right? So that's yeah. the concept. It's like you can create whatever you can, you can look 
exactly identical, but still it won't be identical because the creator is different. The time it was created, it was different. And also the token itself um, is, uh, is a, I guess it, it won't be the same when, mm-hmm. when it's just like when, even if you create the characteristics of that token to be the same. Anyway, so that's as far as the NFTs. But so going back to my story, so I, I knew about um, the concept of this NFTs without knowing what NFTs are. But then back in 2016, a really good friend of mine, Nick, he sold everything he had and then essentially bought lots of Bitcoins. Um, and um, it was very it was very crazy to me to just see someone is so invested in something that I didn't know about. So obviously it raised eyebrows for me. I just it was like a shock factor for me just to see how what what could this be that's so important and so valuable that like um some like good friend of mine has just gotten into it. And then I didn't make much out of it until a few years after that. I called Nick and I was like, hey Nick, how is work? How's everything going? And he goes, like, what work? Um and I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, he's just traveling around the world. He's just, you know, spending that money that he gained from uh from uh just essentially having so many bitcoins um and but bitcoin was created back in 2009 if i'm not mistaken so 2016 was still a good time i believe 2017 wasn't so good um but 2016 was actually still really good time um and a lot of people who you know bought it at that time later on um they had uh, really good growth um i believe in 2021 um, in November or December, Bitcoin had its peak at like 60K. Now, at the time we're speaking, it's been down for almost 18 months uh, by probably more than 50%. Um, currently, I believe it's at like 26K or something, mm. um, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, so anyways, like then there's the, again, at the time we're speaking, there's a dip in the market for NFTs. It's a dip in the market for um, cryptocurrencies. Um, all of that's happening, you know, even like the numbers for Q2, um, as far as the, um, I guess, a, the inflations and everything going to come out. So if the numbers are not looking good at the end of Q2, we're officially going to go into a recession as well. Um, so there's a lot happening, right? Um, but it was back to my story. So I, I got really interested into just the whole concept of like the cryptocurrencies, just because my friend just made so much money out of it. Um, and then down the line, um, as I was like working with all these public companies and just doing the investor relationship marketing, um, I was approached by a, an Italian artist in, um, who had a, a one-of-one collection. Um, and then he just came in, uh, came to me and was like, hey, you're doing really well with ads. Um, you know, at the time I was like running maybe $500,000 a month um, advertising for um public companies just finding investors short-term and long-term investors for them for their public company online um, and then he just came to me and was like hey can you basically promote this collection it was a very small collection uh, and we spent 300 bucks and we sold about maybe twelve thousand thirteen thousand dollars uh, worth of his collection that for me was a proof of concept this happened back in i want to say october 2021 at this point, I knew about NFTs. I even traded NFTs, but never marketed one um, up until that point. But then um, it was a proof of concept for me where I was like, okay, I honestly see the connection between marketing public companies and marketing NFTs. It's literally the same thing. And I was like, okay, so this is really cool. Um, and I have a proof of concept. So I 
essentially made a post on a bunch of social media platforms that said, hey, this is something I will offer. Um, and that month alone, I worked with about 100 NFT projects. And then since then, I kind of slowed down on like number of projects I worked with. But since then, I've worked with somewhere around 400-ish NFT projects. Um, you know, uh, some sold out, some didn't. Um, and uh, I would say less of them, I guess, few fewer of them sell out in this time and, uh, you know, Q2 of uh, 2022. But um, but that's how that's how I got into NFT marketing. It's just like that um, sellout of one on one of one collection with that Italian artist just made me realize like how much of the knowledge I gained with public companies was just transferable into the NFT. And then I just immersed myself into it. That's great. So, so you, you, to kind of go through this, right? So you first found out about it, you heard about it through your friend Nick in like 2016, and then that kind of rippled all the way till about 2020, 2021, where you actually kind of got into it. And then as you were messing around with this stuff, you had a guy who approached you who said, hey, I have this private collection of stuff I want to get published and marketed. And you said, okay, I'll give this a shot. And then it worked, it worked out in fantastic fashion. And then that kind of developed from there. Is that accurate? Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So let's establish more. You, you said some stuff about what an NFT actually is, right? So you talked about uh, what non-fungible means, right? Which means it can't be replicated. It's a one-of-one one type deal. And then, uh, and then we talked a little about um, the, how an NFT is used so much as uh, it's created and then marketed and sold uh, to an investor. But let's kind of dig a little bit deeper into that. So, so what does NFT investing look like from uh, like the components? Like, so we have a creator, we have an investor, and we have the, the, everybody who kind of brings that together and does the marketing side of it. Uh, w like, what is the process and what do each of those roles look like? Hmm. Um, so, okay. So first of all, um, as far as like who buys NFTs and why they buy it. So there are people who've been buying digital arts and selling digital arts for, um, long, longer than NFT existed. So I believe the first NFT, so most people say the first NFT was, uh, CryptoPunks, which was in 2017, I believe. Um, but actually back in 2014, or even maybe even earlier than that, there was someone who actually came up with the first uh, collection. Um, and I don't know the name right now, but um, I can remember the name is what I'm saying. But the, so the, even before that, there were digital artists for years before that, they were actually selling the digital art. But NFTs is not just digital art. So um, the, there's actually a lot more that goes on to like uh, the NFTs and we can talk about, you know, the use cases of NFTs and why you can use NFTs for so many different reasons. But it was going back to your questions. Like um, there are people who just collect NFTs because they just like to look at the art. That's it. There's no other reason maybe for them and they don't care if it's cheap. They don't care if it's expensive. Now, a lot of them right now are a lot cheaper. So that's actually really cool for them because they get to buy what they wanted to buy all the time. But maybe now it's like at a discounted price, basically, right? Mm -hmm. They don't care if the value is going to go up. They don't care if the value is going to go down. They don't care if it has utility. They just want the art, just like physical art that you you have. And like, I was just going <laughs> to look and see if we have any in this room. But um, any physical arts that you just buy and you just really like, please, but just appreciating 
um, the art that just like, you know, it provokes some emotions in you. Um, it, and there's, um, you know, there's an artist behind it that just like put, puts effort into actually creating this whatever that process was like maybe something that's like actually really valuable for you to even know about so on and so forth right so that's the art side of things Mm -hmm. um and collectors then there's another type of person we've got the well now we've got some people in the nft wars already um in the web3 space these are people who let's say let's just call them dgens um they just want to um essentially buy whatever nfts and then in whatever format of maybe it's a pump and dump, maybe it's uh, you know, they just, um, they just like part of some alpha groups and learn about some NFTs that's, that's going to um, increase in value, whatever way that is, but they just buy it. Not so much because of the art. They may care maybe very little about the art side of things, the digital art side of things, but they care so much about actually the value they gain from it, from holding this NFT or selling this NFT. Right. So that's, um, so that's also like we've got the like DGENs type of people. And then uh, these are people who just like very, um, uh, I guess, very, uh, let's say, um, very different to the type of people in the Web3 web space that they're more properly into look, looking into like projects and like their roadmaps and things. And they want to support these, D, I guess, let's say DGENs, they just want to just essentially... Um, they just care about the bag, let's say, right? Yeah. So that's that's all they care. So so there's so there's uh, I guess those categories we have, and then we've got um, now we've, as of lately, especially we've got the VCs, we've got the like big investors who are just looking into this because they want part of the portfolio to just be um, with NFTs like and cryptocurrencies. And now in this conversation, we talk about NFTs, but like. There's like, for example, um, this um, event that I'm going to, there are about 400 family offices where collectively, I believe like 30% of them, sorry, 30% of their portfolio is, is all NFTs. Um, and so there are so more and more, they're getting into buying NFTs because uh, also a bunch of reasons. Sometimes they just see this as a form of investment. So they're looking for that next blue chip collection sometimes they want to create by investing into a project they want to create a blue chip collection um so for example let's say collections out there they see the potential they want to pour so much money into it that there's no way this collection won't become a blue chip collection Mm, right yeah so so that's what they're trying to do as well and then which is good for them at the end right so they just want to 2x 3x um whatever their money so these are like different types of people that are out there. Oh, and then I guess we've got the Web2 people. There's some people who don't know anything about cryptocurrencies, anything about NFTs. So we call that the Web2 uh, type of people. Mm. And then these Web2 people, they're going to be onboarded into this new environment, this new life, this new space called the Web3. Um, and they probably either just learn about their friends um, learn about the NFTs from their friends, like word of mouth. Maybe they they know the founders of the Web3 projects, or maybe they just see something cool, like maybe an ad or influencer talking about things. And then they just get interested about just the benefits of having an NFT. Yeah. So let me ask you, like, uh, so 
when we hear the 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 terminology like web two and web three, is there like yeah. a like so is it just the type of person, like the type of user that makes just that determination, the, or is it like an actual technology difference? Cool, cool, cool. So um, there's the web 1.0, 2.0, and then 3.0. So the the 1.0 was just like World Wide Web, right? So that's yeah. the, the the and then we've got the 2.0 is the, when all these social media platforms came out, uh, like Facebook. Now it's called Meta, Instagram, mm-hmm. and also called Meta, and so so many other platforms. So Web 2 is the concept uh, where you as the user on the internet, your first of all, your data is shared with all these platforms so they can essentially show you the type of content that is relevant to you. So that's the whole concept of like Web2, right? So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a concept. Um, now, when I say Web2 people, is everyone who knows about Facebook, everyone who knows about, um, you know, all these social media platforms, everyone who's on the internet, in these days, but don't know anything about the Web3 space. And I'll tell you what Web3 is in a second. Mm-hmm. And by the way, like for people who want to know, like, so for example, Facebook or just Meta, they have 3 billion uh, people distribution. So that's a lot of people who know about, you know, who are in the Web2. If, if you just take, like, for example, uh, Facebook uh, or Meta, just distribution, it's actually a lot of people. Um, so now Web3 is now is a different... Uh, again, different concept where the pri- privacy of uh, the user is actually very important. So where in the web two, your privacy was kind of violated like crazy uh, to the point like we had hearings of all these social media pl- platforms like last year and the year before that. It's on YouTube. People can go watch it and just see like the, the atrocity of this, uh, you know, the whole thing. But the the um, in the web three space, the, your privacy, your identity is going to be masked. So, so that's that's like a one big thing about the Web three space. Another thing is like the introduction of cryptocurrencies, the blockchain, um, and uh, like the benefits that it has for you, right? So everything now is like transparent. So everything is on the blockchain, and like everything you get to see when it was created, when it was, um, I guess, um, added something to it, and you can edit it, which is good because you can't just like, you know, mass data, uh, mass data from people. But anyway, so that's the concept of Web 2 versus Web 3. Um, and then there's a lot more that goes into this, but mm. just like several level. But um, the when we talk about Web 3 space, we're talking about people who know about NFTs and cryptocurrencies, basically. Like gotcha. literally that, that's what we mean. And then Web 2 is just anyone who hasn't, um, on, like who hasn't just um, uh, made that jump to, to understand like, you know, these new concepts of like blockchain and cryptocurrencies and gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And, um, like you mentioned, a big part of that is privacy. I was just reading that, uh, Facebook just had a huge Hitler stock in the last week because, uh, or it would, because they, the way that Apple is using the privacy settings on iPhones now is getting in the way of them being able to collect data from the iPhones. And so, uh, Facebook just had a huge drop in their stock price, and uh, and and it's almost like one of those things where we're like, okay, well, their market and their the whole system that they use to perpetuate their company is is becoming much harder and less tenable um, rapidly yeah. because uh, yeah. because people are becoming more privacy conscious, and so one of the benefits of Web three appears to be that 
most of it is is very private. It's very controlled, and uh, there's new technology that allows us to use uh, to use different forms of exchange that aren't controllable by anybody else, and they also are very anonymous. So you can have control and anon and be anonymous, and still have access to all these great features. Yeah. So this is kind of um, weird coming from me because I. I'm majority of the money that I've made is because web two existed, uh, is because, um, the like Facebook and Instagram, all these platforms, they had so much data from people that I could show these small businesses, large businesses, public companies, how to actually use that data and then put, um, relevant, um, advertisement in front of a specific like target uh, targeted people and then just get them interested in a specific product or service. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, that's like the bulk of what I've done in my life is actually creating targeted advertising, um, which came from the web two space. Like they, these platforms actually collecting data. If they didn't have data on you, there was no point of like what I was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but having said that though, like I'm actually notorious to like, with people around me and like even clients that be like at any point, if you guys all chipped in money, we would just say, Hey, like there's something new Arvin could do. I would um, just like vote for like Facebook going out of business. Like, because just, I, I understand it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the, the whole idea of like all our data is on Facebook. Plus this is not like, by the way, this is so let's say if I'm like talking on my phone and like Facebook just like knows now I'm just like, talking about like going to mexico and then shows me some ads about like let's say um uh, like you know travel agencies that offer uh different deals for going to mexico from where i live so that's one thing the the people can look this up but there's so many articles youtube videos on the the volume of experiments that actually facebook have done with the zero consent um on um people like for example just one just give you one before we like move on to the next topic but mm -hmm. one thing is like like for example uh, facebook or, um, or meta they would test out a specific number of people in like one day they would get like all their feed would be like negative things and then on their like on their camera they would just like capture the facial expression of people see what that does to people right so wow. it's crazy like that like things like that that's just like way beyond like what you know you can even like be like wow okay i yeah. never want to be involved with that but but anyway so like people can look these things up for themselves and just understand this but so anyways that's like that's the web two that's the web two um privacy issues and um by the way all this stock um like you know netflix all these like amazon all these like blue chip stock um they're all just going down um mm -hmm. so there's that too but certainly the iOS updates, um, even I believe the last one was, uh, I think the biggest one was actually last year where everyone, every marketer was like freaking out on that. Like the data was now restricted and many people are um, iPhone users, obviously. So we couldn't target them as, as well as we used to. Although we found ways to just go around it. So that's always the case, but there's always like marketers will find a way to like get, get through it and just like figure out adapt. But um, you certainly right in, in this sense that like, that's their biggest value is like data collection. And if that, that's not, um, you know, that's not going to be a thing for them. This, 
you know, the, the value, the stock price, everything will go down. Mm. Yeah. So, so on that front, I, I have a few things I want to kind of wrap up with or head towards. Right. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the downturn we saw. Um, we saw, you know, like you were mentioning earlier, we saw nearly an 80% drop in, uh, Bitcoin, uh, beginning of last month. Right. Huge, huge market, uh, crash. Um, with that also coinciding with our national, like the United States, going into what could really rapidly become a recession if we're not already there, right? Um, what do you expect that to look like? And uh, then we'll kind of head towards like, what does it look like if I was like, okay, prices are low right now, I want to get in. What does that actually look like? So we'll head in both of those directions. So yeah, why don't we so start with the just the the recession and the and the the drop and and how what's your interpretation of that? And do you think that we're going to recover after? investment in nfts generally has gone down in the last month or so yeah so um so this is very interesting um first of all um cryptos have been the headlines of news for all the wrong reasons lately um so for example lots of um like exchange platforms like um let's say even like buy so binance uh celsius um and this there was like a new one just uh, last week as well so they all just get into trouble with like liquidity um, and mm. then um, and basically investing money from like investing people's money um, into things that um, they can't recover from. And then so then they just basically like tell people, sorry, like we just lost your money. Right. Um, and then so this is like a big problem. Um, and then now as a result of that, um, there's been a um, just like a trust issue with people um in actually holding on to cryptocurrencies um and now that's just one reason by the way it's not the main reason but there's one of the many many reasons that's happening right there's another one where first of all there's no regulations around these things and i'm not saying regulations are good actually if anything i would be against it when it comes to cryptocurrencies but the there's no regulations so um the onboarding of people into the cryptocurrency um it's not going as fast as it could uh, because a lot of times investors, they want certainty and there's zero certainty in like cryptocurrency is very volatile. And now the value of cryptocurrencies is typically is directly proportional to, uh, to the belief people have in what, um, I guess, what value these cryptocurrencies have plus how they onboard into it, right? So, and those of both of those factors, they've been impacted massively because so, so because there's no regulations, first of all, people have very little certainty to get into it. But, but also on the other side of things, these exchange platforms, they hold on uh, to people, uh, people's money and they're telling them, hey, for the next, like, let's say, so Binance did that, like, for, they said for next 30 minutes, you can't do anything with your Bitcoin, which is okay. But then all of a sudden, like Celsius was like, saying, hey, you can't even withdraw for like foreseeable future. You can't withdraw your money, which is like, what? Um, yeah. Right. And so, so things like that happen. Obviously, it breaks people's trust into the cryptocurrencies. Um, and then on the side of like regulations, um, like SEC, so that's um, just in America, but uh, they go after exchange platforms like Binance. Um, they went after even like networks, like uh, let's say Ethereum and like all sorts of networks, um, like uh, to just say, hey, what you're doing is a security and therefore it's illegal. Um, and uh, so, for example, specifically in Bi and people can go read about this, but specifically in Binance, um, it was that their initial um, 
coin offering was in 2017. They raised about, I think, $15 million. And um, SEC was just claiming that that was that's considered security and therefore that's illegal. They can't have it. Um, and then so suing them, right? So um, now all these things that are happening in the news, it just scares people even more. So that certainty goes down and then people want to just, you know, get out of it and cash out. So the, 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 the amount of like the volume of people cashing out of crypto has been just like crazy. Um, and then now uh, there's the inflation happening. Um, so just like, this is maybe second time, third time, like the inflation is just like being reported. Now at the end of uh, July, we're going to have numbers for, um, like, ha, ha, uh, like what the what the percentage are as far as like how much uh, down we're going. Mm. If in two quarters, so the the definition of recession is like two quarters in a row. I, I believe if we're like down for ten percent, fifteen percent, that's considered recession. So by the end of July, if like numbers come out and like that's still down, which will be, um, we'll, we'll we will actually enter recession, right? And then just officially, and then once yeah. that happens. That's even more, um, like you know, uh, I guess problems for uh, people who are in this industry. Uh, like, just give you like a personal note out, out of this. Like, most of my my like my including myself and like everyone that I know, at least we've lost like let's say three hundred k, four hundred k. If we had like por- like portfolio in cryptocurrencies, just so people get a, like a sense of like what that looks like um, on a personal level as well. Mm-hmm. But also know people that lost like millions and. You know, like let's say I don't know, probably like Sailor, um, the the dude that has like a lot of bitcoins. You probably lost like billions. Um, but anyways, so so that's the context of um, as far as like recession and like cryptocurrencies and going down. Um, and we don't know when the bottom is gonna be. Uh, some people could say in the next uh, twelve to fifteen months we will recover. It's possible. Who knows? No one knows what when that time is gonna be. But in as for nfts um that's that's actually has that's also been directly proportional um to the uh growth or like decline of cryptocurrencies so for example um, when in november uh, cryptocurrencies hit its like highest value like for example bitcoin had its like 60k um uh, value there was the the search inquiries for nfts was also highest um, so in back in November, and in fact, it surpassed cryptocurrencies. Um, the sales for NFTs in 2021, um, it was like more than double the previous year. So like everything was at its peak around the same time, right? So now as the cryptocurrency is going down, um, as it happened from the beginning of this year, the, the sales of NFTs have been going down. I believe past few weeks, we had this like lowest on OpenSea, which was like $19 million in a day, which was like the lowest it ever had. Right. So in the entire history of NFTs. So now there's another side to the NFT side of things as well, which is the number of collections that are coming out. So at the beginning of this year, um, they counted uh, about 500 new projects entering the market every day, which means there are a lot of collections out there and we don't have that many buyers. Like we yeah. have like, um, there's like the supply and demand thing just tipped over, right? So it used mm-hmm. to be like, very few collections and then we had like lots of buyers but now it's just like way too many collections right now then the bear market um officially happened um i mean we were already kind of in the bear market we we're kind of going down already but like there was officially there's a conversation about bear market now everywhere especially on twitter as soon as that happened 
obviously sales for NFT went down. Um, and then even blue chip collections, they lost their value by like, you know, maybe half a third, whatever. Um, and then now what that means for like people who were going, getting into the NFTs last year was like, okay, you would come in, you had an idea about the NFT um, and everyone would believe in your um, NFTs. Everyone would believe in your, everything that you were promising, but because everything like went in a direction that maybe wasn't so positive for the founders as far as like how much money they were holding in their crypto wallet and also just like how the terms of events um, and maybe possibly even sometimes the personality wasn't just like proper for um, holding it, like being in the Web3 space. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got drugged, um, which means a lot of people um, a lot of people didn't get the value they were promised from NFT projects. So there's been a change in the sentiment of people who are in the NFT space. Now, people who are not in the NFT space, they don't know anything about any of this that we're talking about. Yeah. But people in the NFT space, they just got very skeptic. So which means for people who are just looking into launch a collection now, it's very different. So like if you're launching a collection to the NFT folks, um, everything um, you say has to be backed up. In fact, like the the difference, like one big difference between like this year marketing NFT and like let's say last year marketing NFT is last year it looked like you know, you as a founder, you would find a developer, you would find a, maybe a, um, an artist, uh, maybe find like a bunch of community managers. That would be your team. And you would make a promise to the entire community that you're building. You say, hey, once we have like a million dollars from you guys that we're raising by just you guys buying our NFTs, we will uh, deliver on XYZ promises. Mm-hmm. This year, we've gotten to the point where you got to deliver on your promises prior to even like raising money, which means now you've got to put money out of your own pocket or get investors like VCs to come in and actually fund this project for you. Then you can go to the projects, right? Uh, so then you can go to the communities and actually like raise money, which is very different, right? So, so that's that. And it's actually one of the reasons I actually partnered up with the VC myself. So where a lot of NFT projects that come to me usually like don't have enough money to be able to actually do something good in the Web3 space right now. I just send them to the web, to the um, to the VC first and be like, go get money and then come back. Um, that's so that we can actually do something meaningful in there, right? So I guess to summarize it, there's um, we had a we had the peak of um, NFTs and cryptocurrencies last year, somewhere around November, December. Since then, it's been going down. But then um, because so many companies um, are investing in the metaverse, uh, uh, let's say Meta or like formerly known as Facebook, they have announced their, what they're going to do in the metaverse. They, they announced what they're going to do with their NFT platform on Instagram, which is coming out in a month or so. Because companies like Adobe, Google, Samsung, all these companies, like big companies, they're actually already into the metaverse and they have like either bought land or they just invested money in research. And like, we're talking billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, because of that, we're going to see another like growth in the NFTs. Now, cryptocurrencies may not have a growth coming up anytime soon, but NFTs is going to like basically um, uh, have its own, uh, I guess, maybe graph. Then uh, maybe like it's going to get decorrelated with, with the cryptocurrencies is going to have its own value, not so much of being uh, 
highly dependent on cryptocurrencies value and how that's like changing because um one of the reasons is just like metaverse and then the other reason is just like what people are like onboarding and understanding of nfts and it's like use cases which is far beyond you know buying nft the price goes up you sell it like gotcha some of those reasons mm-hmm. so um so one thing to follow up with that so so basically what you're saying is that yes we've seen a huge decline right and and uh because it's kind of a self-perpetuating cycle where we see uh people see it on the news things aren't going well and then that keeps people from getting more interested in it from getting in and then that continues to drive prices down and people who are invested in it go i just lost whatever x amount of money and i i kind of follow the the warren buffett saying that uh that after he lost a bunch of money in 2008 you know he looked at it and, and they said you know look at all this money you've lost and he said i haven't lost anything i never sold <laughs> and um and so uh you know he's he just was like i'm just gonna ride it out and and so it sounds like what you're saying is that you think that if you if you hang on and kind of ride it out for a little bit that you're gonna start to see more investment come back in because of these big companies that are getting in it first of all the venture capitalists who are getting into it as well and then uh and then it's going to kind of separate itself from being tied to crypto uh, as much because it's it's uh because it's a separate medium so the follow-up to that is a little bit more about the the use case of nfts so i've heard different things now you might dispel me of 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 this like idea because i'm not 100 sure if this is real or not um most people when they think nfts they associate it with like a picture right uh, like a like an icon right but it yes, is me. can it be used as a as a uh can NF- the NFT platform be used as like a form of storage for other unique items, like a music file or um, other things like that? Yeah, so there are many, many uh, use cases. In fact, there's like a YouTube video. Someone asked me about this, and we I think we went on a, to like I listed like 13 use cases of um, NFTs, mm-hmm. but just like just going through like a bunch of them. So you talk about storage. You can store data, um, and so so one like a real life example of that is let's say athletes, they have um, health information that you cannot, well, they cannot share it uh, with just like publicly, but it has to be stored somewhere uh, privately and safely. Um, So they can actually store that in a form of an NFT. Um, And so that's like really big, like use case for um, health information to be stored somewhere. Now, the just be like going into a little bit more details of that. So why that's helpful is like you can, so this goes back into like the, the properties of blockchain. So blockchain is like a, imagine it's like a Google doc where you cannot really edit it. You can add things to it, but you cannot edit it and everyone will see everything you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the, the, the cool thing about that is like, so, okay, these health information is like, um, well, now in the form of NFT, it's not trans, like it's not transparent that everyone can see it. Um, but it's something that you can continuously add to things to it, and every time you do, it gets almost like timestamped. Like you know when that happened, who did it, um, like what where this NFT is going. Um, everything about it is just all in the blockchain. That that is, is the transparent part, right? Everything mm-hmm. pe- like people can see everything about it, which is very helpful, right? So that's like one thing. Another thing is actually selling um, tickets to events. So the, there's a concept that like in the sport, um, like uh, in the sport industry, there's um, like counterfeit uh, like tickets out there, right? So like yeah. tickets that are not authentic. 
Um, and then when it comes to the NFTs, you can't really do that because, because that's in the blockchain and you can see the origin of things and you can see again, the time, the, 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 I guess the, um, the person who created it, the creator and all that stuff in the blockchain, you can't really have like an inauthentic, um, tickets. So that's very helpful, but the, something just recently happened. That's just kind of like byproduct of that. Well, maybe not even byproduct of that, but just byproduct of just web three space is the concept that t- you buy a ticket to an event and then t- like previously you would think okay i bought a ticket to an event i attended the event i'm just going to dump this ticket because it has zero value what am i going to do with this ticket right but the concept there's a new concept that just got created in the web3 space where that ticket now could have value so you can actually hold on to this and like for example like gary v did this event with a with nfts um and like you could buy essentially by holding an nft you would be able to attend the event right that would be consider your ticket now gotcha value for that ticket actually went up after the event uh which is like what like that's that's kind of like a new thing that happened like i'd be interested to see if anyone else can replicate that because i haven't seen it uh but that could be a thing that could be like a new thing where it's like okay now there's like an additional source of venue for uh it's like revenue for um the event producers um and then also like an additional source of revenue for people who are attending events which is kind of cool it's kind of like right yeah, it's kind of like they're turning it into its own form of memorabilia. Like, you know, here's a football yeah. from this game, right? And uh, and and so it's it becomes its own form of of like remembrance of what actually happened. If that happened, if, yeah, so you're really that's, connecting like, to valuable. That? that's valuable, right? Gotcha. Um, now another thing is like um, they just tagged me on LinkedIn uh, today. There's this company called Staler. Uh, it's a large company in um, in Romania, um, and uh, so. They, they've been working in the Web2 space for a long time. Then they thought about, they're like, okay, how do we essentially, how do we increase the amount of clients that we're getting? How do we, how do we add more value to the clients that we have? So for, um, the, the company is providing um, essentially beauty services um, to females. Um, so like, for example, if you want to get your nails done, hair done, things like that, those kind of things, you go into their app, you book it with a provider, um, and then you get your service done, right? So that's just mm-hmm. like a typical thing. This is nothing new about that, right? So that's been done for many, many years. But then what they thought about, they're like, what if we make it that um, if people buy the NFTs from this company, which there are only a limited number of them, then they can not only get discounts for services like, you know, that they would always use. Like, so people who get their nails done, they just do it regardless of NFT's existence. Like NFT price goes up, NFT price goes down, cryptocurrencies goes up, down. They, they just don't care. Like they still get their nails done. They still get their hair done, right? Mm-hmm. But then what they created, they're like, hey, you can buy this NFT, which would um, actually allow you to have discounts for all the other services that we have, which you will get anyways. Like, again, you still want to get discounts regardless of what's going to happen with NFTs. Again, the price goes up, down. But it doesn't matter and then so people like this is really cool and then now because you have this nfts and because they're only like for example eight thousand ten thousand of them and there are millions of women uh like you know females in the in romania this nft that you've been holding on to and you've been buying these like uh, beauty services with now at some point this is going to be an asset you can yeah. sell it to someone else right so like 
now it's really cool because like now a company from Web two space now just entered the Web three space and found a way to actually use NFTs to not only give more values to their people but also stay relevant to what's happening in the in the market right now, right? So so that's like really cool. And then and I see already have like people like public companies that are coming like taking my program. They want to actually add um, NFTs as like a it's like maybe let's say launch a service with NFTs or just maybe use NFTs to give more values to their people or maybe just use NFTs to build a larger community or maybe more uh, connected community. So those are like some use cases that are like actually happening right now, which is very valuable and has nothing to do with the, the, like the picture, the profile picture that people have on their, um, on their Twitter with these NFTs has nothing to do with the value of NFTs in general going up and down. They still hold their own value and has nothing to do with cryptocurrencies value going up and down, has nothing to do with the stock going up and down, has zero connection with inflation. So these things have their own value regardless um, and nothing will take that away from them, right? Which is yeah. what I'm really excited about because like that's the biggest fear people have sometimes. They're like, oh, are NFTs like bubble burst? Okay, so who cares? Um, that was for the bubble was for NFTs that were just a profile picture, didn't have any value. But now we're actually getting like real NFT projects coming out that they have their own value. You can't take away their value. Fascinating. That's interesting. So it's kind of like for the hairdressing company, uh, for example, or the you know the makeup whatever company <laughs> you explained, <laughs> right? For them, uh, the value is essentially you're buying a coupon book that gives you these abilities to to continuously use these coupons. But there's only so many coupon books. So if somebody wants to be able to use those discounts, then the price of the coupon book might go up and you might be able to sell it for a profit after you've been also taking advantage of the discounts. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah. And so it's like, it's the concept is like, that's, that's the thing is like the NFTs. Initially people know them as just like, Hey, profile pictures and like photos of like some animals they just have and use yeah. it like while you're on Twitter spaces. Board but now, now we're actually, yeah, exactly. Now we're actually learning about, okay, the actual reason why we have NFTs, like what NFTs could do for us and small businesses, large businesses actually incorporating that. And that's actually going to change the entire industry for, for better. And that's another reason why I'm saying like NFT, NFTs um, going to find their like peak again, because now we're actually going to a new phase where like real projects, like real high quality things going to come out into the NFT versus what, like what it was last year. Gotcha. Okay. So two, two last things. One is about regulation. Um, so, so as far as regulation goes, like, are, are is there a fear that like the SEC is going to get involved and it's going to, it's going to throw a wrench in things or, um, or, or anything yeah. like that? So SEC is already involved. There's a project that I worked with specifically not to be named, people can probably figure it out but um they they had um you know they they made a bunch of million dollars um and for for the first launch and then every other launch that they did they did the same as far as like dollar amount and um just very recently um and they're actually not based out of us neither which is kind of crazy um and sec just sent them um a letter just like essentially sued their uh, so their company and their founders for um, essentially uh, what's what they what SEC considered to be a security. Now, the reason they said this NFT project is considered to be a security is just because they're giving money back to people every month. 
um, or even they promise to do that. So anything, any NFT projects that has anything to do with lottery, giving money back to people, giving royalties back to people, SEC is going to go after them. Now, if SEC wins even one of these cases with people, like sorry, with NFT projects, then unfortunately we're going to see a lot of them come going to come out. Like SEC is just going to like take on as many NFT projects and just like sues one after another. And this is the same with um, with uh, exchange platforms and also like blockchain networks as well. So there's a bunch of them that already have been sued by SEC, but no no results have come out yet. But when they do, if it's not like a if it's not uh, essentially if SEC wins, um, then they can take that and then just easily just like sue lots of other ones mm-hmm. like in quantity and in like a very fast uh, speed. But but so there's that right. So there's that's happening. But there's an on the other side. There's like something really good that's happening about the about the regulations, which is um, there are people. Actually, there's someone from SEC and there's a like bunch of other people. There are two females also that they are writing a bill. They're trying to pass um, to bring regulations to like actually like what's actually considered a security. What's um, when do you need to pay taxes for your cryptocurrency? So for example, like I read some of this and people can go read it, by the way, like it's actually online, but like I read some of this, um, the content. And like, for example, one of the cool things they said, they said like, um, you only pay uh, tax for your cryptocurrencies when you exit out of your, um, like exit out from your, essentially when you cash out your cryptocurrencies, right? Which makes sense because you have all sorts of transactions. You lose money, you gain money. It makes no sense to pay tax on all of those, right? So it's actually somewhat reasonable thing. Now, um, the company, like not companies, countries like El Salvador, El Salvador and um, Central Africa, they've already like highly, highly involved in, in cryptocurrencies. And even in the bear market, they're buying even more, which is kind of funny. Um, and then, uh, but there's no international, like, but the, uh, there's no international um, agreement uh, that w- we have as far as uh, regulations. So that's why we don't have really regulations anywhere yet. Um, and then also like we have countries like China, which is like completely against everything, right? Um, there's the central bank, um, uh, I guess it was a CBDC or whatever that's called. Um, they're completely against it. They have meetings against like cryptocurrencies, blah, blah, blah. So that's to say there's some new movements that's positive about regulation. Um, and supposedly even like Biden is really like up for it. Uh, but the the extent um, that that is good for people who really want the cryptocurrencies to uh, to be there and just be useful for them, um, who knows? And then also when that's happening it's not like in a few months it's probably like maybe a year or so right so um that's that's as far as the regulation so um and plus also like regulations in a sense that a centralized um government regulating cryptocurrencies will never be good like Mm. um so so that's like that's like it's at the end of the day whatever regulation comes out is actually not that amazing because because we didn't make it someone else did like which is or like not someone else but like government did which is the whole point of like yeah. having cryptocurrencies to actually remove them from making decisions for us um so that's as far as regulations so there's like some new movements happening um and some of them are exciting 
And then, so what was your second question? Uh, yeah. So, so basically, I'll kind of recap here real quick, just to make sure we that we talk, covered all those bases, right? So, as far as the risks that's involved with the NFTs, is that uh, is that we have uh, some NFTs that have been designed as kind of a uh, Designed as an investment way where you get into it and it pays out a dividend month over month and it's designed to be a uh, like an investment group kind of deal that you get into. Um, the SEC is starting to target those and we are waiting to see uh, if the SEC, if the SEC were to win, then basically all projects like that are gone out the window because they're going to go and they're going to go and go hog wild on all of those and, and sue them all. Um, and and so if we have uh, so those are ones that are probably the ones we did for somebody who's new be careful with <laughs> you know understand the risk um and then for but the ones that you were talking about like with the makeup company or i keep changing what they do um <laughs> whatever the company was right uh where you're buying like a coupon box a coupon book for example that's one of those ones where it's less likely to incur um interest from from that type of that type of regulation is that yeah. is that accurate yeah i would say like okay so here's the thing safe choice in buying into nfts right now for anyone who wants to get into it mm -hmm. and i would give you a different answer if it was last year like last year i would be like alien friend like i did it like a bunch of times myself every yeah. time i like 10x, 10x my money so which is like freaking amazing but like um currently is like buying into blue chip collections um that's safe um that they the collections that they have lots of money that they can burn through all this like ups and downs of the market yeah they're not going to get wiped out that's one uh, collections that they have VCs behind them. Like that's, that's good again for the same reason, just because they have money. So they already made it that they have money or new collections that they have VCs behind them that they can pump money whenever they need it. Um, and then we've got like collections that they already um, delivered on their promises. Um, and then they come to you. Like those are also really good ones. Um, and then the, the, there's another type of collections where they came from web two space meaning just like that company I mentioned to you, mm -hmm. they've already been delivering something to people for years. Now they're saying, hey, hold this NFT. Um, and then we deliver the same services we've been delivering to you in the past, you know, 100 years. So like that's the type of NFTs um, collections that are still like really safe to get into. Um, again, there's nothing safe um, in the NFT world. Like it's just volatile and so on and so forth. But like, mm -hmm. I would say, uh, if people want certainty, like those are the type of collections I would go after. Gotcha. Um, and like, you know, look at like their team members, do they have like track record of like doing th things that they, they're promising to do or not? Like I would say that's, that's yeah. really yeah. not what it is. Mm -hmm. So where would they, so I think this actually leads into the last thing, right? So um, talking about like how, if I'm from the outside and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start dipping my toes in. Um, you have a program uh, with your, your sold out NFTs uh, program that you use. So tell us more about what that does and, and what, like, where does that come into the process? Cool. Yeah. So anyways, like any, anyone who wants to get into uh, the NFT world, as far as having their own collection. So even if they have just an idea that they say, Hey, like, here's this cool idea. I think that this, this could turn into an NFT collection or maybe another angle is like they have a business that they're like, hey, we need to launch um, some new service, some new products or an old product with uh, with the integration of NFTs. Or it could be an artist that they're like, hey, we have a cool art, but we haven't been selling it like millions and like 
or like to the quantity that we want. Not that everyone's going to sell millions, by the way, but like I'm just saying, like mm-hmm. they've seen, they got inspired by some of the artists who made millions of dollars in a few days. And they're like, hey, we want to at least attempt to do that, right? So um, so I've created this program where um, the people come in, they learn all the things that they need to do as far as um, launching a collection. And I show them essentially from A to Z. But more importantly, um, they're doing it with other projects that some of them have done this at least once or twice, but also some of them that are just like exactly in the same um, same, like they're in the same shoes with them, right? So they are also launching their own collection. So when it comes to a market that's just ever changing um, and changing rapidly, like every day, um, having a group of people that are there doing it with you, plus also guidance from someone like myself who's just um, at least you know consulted 400 NFT projects. It's just something I found that to be valuable for projects. So that's why I created this program. They can come in. And so they have um, essentially the people that they can consult, the collections that they can just like, it just feels like you're doing it with other people, right? It's your own mm-hmm. community. Um, and then there's the, um, the, the consultations that they get on like, okay, what do you need to have on your website in the bear market specifically, right? What, how do you need to deliver on your things? your branding, the story, the narrative that you need to come up with, what kind of influences you need to contact, how do you need to contact them? You want to do Twitter spaces, how do you need to do that? Um, So on and so forth. So essentially everything that they need to know to be able to launch a collection and make money with it, uh, plus also be successful and just like make it sustainable so they can um, down the line um, increase and expand the value that they, they produce to uh, to this in the society and also just like for people on their team. Um, I've brought in all the resources that's out there um, into this program and then they can, they can use it at their own time, like in their own pace that they want um, and be able to launch collections um, and sell out collections, but then past that, be able to increase their floor price. Like that's the, that's the promise of the program. Excellent. So it sounds kind of like a uh, like a uh, both a course, but also an accelerator program. So it give, it provides you all the information that you need to know if you're going to create your own or launch your own platform program. Um, and then and then as you go through that program, you're also partnered up with people who are also in a similar situation, wanting to do similar things. And then you also provide some some level of, of personal coaching through that. Correct. And then plus also we have like a VC. So if they need the money and they need like any money to actually launch or, you know, expand their team um, or just need money for the marketing, whatever uh, that is. So um, part of the program is actually showing them how to use the VC that I have um, that I've partnered up with, but also if any other VCs that they're interested in mm-hmm. uh, to actually go uh, get money from them to be able to, and it's very important, especially these days, just because it's a bear market. Um, and so, yeah, so essentially any resource like that is out there, like I'm bringing it to them. Um, and then there's like other things that I do, like that's kind of like, you know, I go, I get invited to speak at a lot of events and they usually give me recordings of all these events. So then I just share it with everyone in this program just so they don't have to travel as much. They can just like get all the resources. And that's the thing with this, um, I guess with Web3 space is like, we don't really have a formula that's just working all the time. So it's changing, right? So we need to have information. We need to be up to date. So that's one of the th- reasons like I created this in in this format where like people can get knowledge 
people can get experience. They can get like people with experience anytime they want it. Um, and, and also like the most up-to-date version of it, like constantly just adding things to it. So. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's great. We'll include a link to, uh, to your program in the description for the podcast. And then, um, yeah, thank you so much, Arvin, for, for joining. I really appreciate it. You've shared a lot of knowledge. I've learned a lot. Um, and so that's been very helpful for me to kind of figure out the space and understand more about it. But is there any last things you want to say before we wrap it up for today? Yeah. So um, if people who, who are interested in just checking out more stuff that I do, like I go on a lot of podcasts, events, different things, um, they can find me on Twitter at ArvinKNFT. So that's A-R-V-I-N-K-N-F-T. Um, I do Twitter spaces myself. I go on other people's Twitter spaces um, and, um, you know, people just come hang out um, and just ask questions and just participate. Um, and then also just, I just talk, you know, to people like on these Twitter spaces, just you know, on a daily basis. So like um, they, they want to launch their collections. They can give a lot of value just being on these spaces as well. Great. And then um, one last time, it's sold out NFTs. Is it .com? .io. .io. Gotcha. Soldoutnfts.io is where they can go to learn more about your program for launching their own uh, their own collections and uh, all those uh, things. So excellent. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, I, it, it's very interesting to learn about this and kind of see how the world is, is changing so rapidly in the last just few years and how it's about to continue changing in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the History in the News podcast. I had a great time talking with Arvin, and I'm looking forward to doing more interviews in the future. History in the News is a podcast by Oxus Defensive Education. What we do is we build customized security plans for various different types of clients, everything from courses that we build for worldview preparation, as well as uh, personal consulting that we do one-to-one with personal clients. We also work with churches and businesses and insurance companies and other organizations who want to improve their security mindsets and build customized plans to fit their business models. So if you're interested in learning more about any of the things that we do, you can use the link that I have included in the description of this episode to schedule a 15-minute interview with our head trainer, Don Emick. He organizes all of our programs and he is a uh, former law enforcement officer and so what we're going to do is we i'll post that stuff over there in the chat and then you can contact us if you have anything that you would like to learn more about our program you can also follow us on facebook you go there and it's oxus llc over there you could also find us on instagram as oxus.practical.defense so Check all that out, and I'll be looking forward to uploading more episodes soon. You can finally check out our website at oxus.llc. Thank you so much. Have a good one.